praise the Lord, hope to cope. Um, you know, in the world you hear things like, I hope to see you soon, or I hope you feel better, I hope it works out, I hope now, fingers crossed, touch wood, God willing, um, you know, uh, hopefully things will work out. And like that hope is not hope at all because that hope is based on chance. And we don't live by chance. We live by faith, Amen. faith in the word of God. And in fact, it's one of my favorite scriptures. If you want to have a look at it in, in Galatians, I didn't have this prepared, but I thought of it in the car coming actually and didn't realize it would work out this way. But in Galatians, I think it's two. I never know where to find it. <laughs> Galatians. Um, yikes. You know that one. <laughs> and the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 20, 20 sorry. Galatians 2.20. Thanks, Geraldine. Would you read it out for me, please? From 20 down there, yeah. I've been crucified with Messiah. It is no longer I who live, but Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who, did, who loved me and gave himself for me. I, is that the one you look for? Yeah, that's it, exactly. So the life I now live, is, you know, I've been crucified with Christ, and people hear the word crucifixion and think of you know that they need to penalize themselves do some kind of penance in some way in order to hurt and have pain in order to be like Jesus and that's not what the, what God is saying he said Jesus took the hurt and the pain so that now our old lives and that's what baptism and when we had those baptisms here and we'll have them again in in December uh, you know that when people uh, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and uh, when we are baptized, what happens is, is that it's a symbol. It's, it's symbolic of the old me, my old life, you know, going into the water. Jesus said, you are clean because of the words I spoke to you. Uh, the, the water of the word of God washes us and cleanses us. But more than that, what Jesus did for us at the cross has washed and wiped away any wrongdoing any sin that we have ever done when we come to repent to to jesus like we don't go off and live a life of habitual sin of habitually but everyone makes mistakes and everyone fails and falls and that's what i really felt the lord saying today you know is that we've often been looking to men looking to doctors to therapists to counselors to husbands wives to children to parents to make us feel better or to give us hope and then when they do something stupid or let us down or don't have an answer that we need or cannot help us what happens is utter hopelessness comes in and you see the life we live now, this scripture says in Galatians 2.20, the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who loved me so much that he gave his life for me. So he paid the price for my sins to be forgiven so that I could be made right with God and now live a different life on this earth. A life that is, uh, you know, to bring glory and honor to the Lord, a life that is where 
it's relationship and intimacy between me and the Lord where, where I don't have to rely on men to be the one to help me out or to get me out of a fix, where I rely on God and where I know that he is true and that his word is true. And so that's what the difference between worldly hope and the hope that we have. Um, is and so you know this thing of I hope it works out hopefully touch wood God willing you know fingers crossed um, those things are superstitions and they're based on there is a chance it might work out and there is a chance it won't work out and people have had so many situations that haven't worked out that what happens is we become groomed to become disappointed to live disappointed. And, you know, I think that's something that I see in, in, in many of our lives is that many, even Christians, get disappointed because it didn't work out the way that I had planned it to work out. But yet, you know, there, there's a lot of factors involved um, in situations. And, you know, God's timing is a huge one. And, and patience and endurance and waiting. The Word of God speaks about it so much. And, you know, when the Lord speaks in the Word of God about suffering, he, you know, it's not that he's making you suffer, but that there are trials we go through because of the, the world we're living in is ruled by Satan. He's the God of this world. And, you know, people and, and different things that go on in this world cause things to happen. Uh, you know uh, that affect people in such a way and that when they don't you know then they 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 go to God and say well why isn't this working out but the thing is I just want you to read if you like in in Romans chapter 5 hope our hope does not disappoint I think it's Romans 5 yes it is Romans chapter 5 Romans 5 and uh, verse, it's, it's verse 5 I want to look at, but I'll just start at 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. That's what I've just been saying there, that we've been made right by, with God. Jesus gave us his righteousness, his holiness, his sinlessness. He exchanged that at the cross and he took our sins. That's what he was doing at the cross. There had to be a sacrifice for sin. And so God decided to come down himself in the person of his son and himself pay the price for mankind's sin. And that's what Jesus did in order to bring us peace with God. So, you know, that's something that the enemy often uses to, to derail people, is to make them feel like they're not right with God. I'm not praying enough. I don't, I don't read the word of God enough. I don't, I don't do this enough. I, I'm not good in person. I, I, I think bad things. I do bad things. You know, that's what the enemy does. He's the accuser of the brethren. And we really, that's why we study the word of God, is to wash out our minds from, from the flesh from the world's grooming of you're a bad person and you need to do something good to make your life worthwhile. Listen, if you never did anything ever, you're right with God if you understand that Jesus has paid the full price. And what that does is it brings an anchor and a stability and a hope and a peace. It brings stability through trials that helps you to hold going even though the circumstances may not be good. 
and it helps you to remain confident that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That you will see that God has plans for your good and not for harm. And so that's what our faith is. Our faith is like that, that thing playing out as we're standing, enduring, and, uh, you know, walking through life, knowing that I'm right with God, that he loves me. I'm just going to mute that there for a second. Um, so, anyway, continue in, in Romans chapter 5, in verse 2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We didn't deserve it, but he did it for us. Why did he do it for us? Because of his agape love, his love that loves us even when we're in a mess. His love that keeps loving us no matter what we've done. His agape love, it's unconditional. It's not based on good performance. And we have been reared and raised in the world to be a good girl and be a good boy. And that has framed our minds to think that God thinks that way as well. And that is not true. Because if he thought that way, then he could only save some and not others. And in fact, he'd save nobody. <laughs> because all have sinned. Even the loveliest, dotiest, most saintly, holy person that you know and can think of. That person still sinned at some point in their lives. Even if it was only a very small one. Sin is sin. Amen. What did, Mo what did God give Moses for his headache? Does anybody know? Do you know that Moses had a headache? Yeah, God gave him two tablets. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was very funny, but anyway. I'm not a joker. <laughs> uh, so because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too. Say you can rejoice. You can, rejoice. You can yeah. That's the thing. The world has taught us that you're not supposed to enjoy your life. There's only one way of enjoying your life. And that's if you go out and get plastered. Or you go out and you, you buy, buy, buy. Or you go on holiday, holiday, holiday. Or, you know, that's why people, you know, and God, don't get me wrong. It's good to go out and it's good to enjoy yourself and go on your holidays. But, you know, there, there are people that are seeking, seeking, seeking peace and they can't find it. And so they're, they're looking in all these places. But, you know, the Lord has created us uh, to live on this earth in total fellowship with him. And that fellowship, that intimacy with the Lord, knowing that we're right with him, what it does is it causes us to be you know, able to rejoice no matter what the circumstances. So that's what he's saying here. You can rejoice too when you run into problems and trials. Oh, <laughs> for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character. And that's what God's looking for. You know, he's looking for the character and the nature of Jesus to be formed in us. And Jesus suffered. Do you not think that Jesus was tempted so many times to, uh, to sin when, say, when, when people came against him, when, when he was dealing with the hypocrites, when he was dealing with people who rejected him and hated him, despised him, when he was in the garden, when, they, when, you know, when he just said, I'm sick of the whole lot. He could, have, he could have said that. I'm sick of the whole lot of them, Lord. I just don't want to do it. You know? But he didn't. And, and so, you know, he endured through the trials 
And God expects us to do the same because we now live this life that we live no longer as the old men, as the old woman. We live by faith in Christ, the one who loves us. And so endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So our character develops our hope and our hope is in God's salvation, that God is our salvation he's the one who paid the price he's our deliverer he's our rescuer he's our healer he is our hope and this hope will not lead to disappointment it says the word of god says hope does not disappoint amen can you think of of times when when you have been disappointed you know when people have let you down when situations haven't worked out and and you know that sinking feeling I just pray today for all disappointment that has ever affected you or any of the people on Zoom or any of those listening on the podcast. I pray in the name of Jesus and for myself, Lord, for where people have let us down, for where situations have been difficult and we found, uh, you know, a very difficult season to navigate or, or difficult dealing with people or, you know, whatever. Lord, I pray for that disappointment. I, I just... We surrender to you today. We say that together. Lord Jesus, I surrender and yield to your Holy Spirit who lives inside of me. And I give you all that disappointment, all that heart, heartache and pain. Jesus, you came to heal the broken hearted and to bind up all my wounds. I thank you today. I thank you today for healing me. For healing me. Amen. Amen. So hope does not disappoint. Praise the Lord. So um, in Psalm one forty-seven. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that when you leave here today, that there'll be one word on your lips and one word in your mind and one word in your heart, and that it will be hope. Amen. I have a hope. Your hope is in God. Amen. It's not in men. It's not in wood. Touch wood. It's not in your fingers being crossed. It's not in chance. It's not in destiny. It's in God. Amen. Psalm 147. How good to sing praises to our God. How delightful and how fitting. The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. And we proclaim that today over all those who are still held captive there, Lord. We pray that those exiles, those ones who have been kidnapped uh, by Hamas, Lord, we thank you for those ones who have been released. And we thank you that Emily Hand was released, oh God, and those other little children. How beautiful it was to see them being restored to their families. But Lord, we cry for the rest of them, Lord. Um, The little babies, the men, the women, the soldiers. Lord, we pray for them that they would all be released and brought back in Jesus' name. Amen. And we pray today, Lord, for the peace of Jerusalem and for protection for your land of Israel. It's your land, Lord, and it's holy to you. That land is holy to you. They don't just call it the holy land for nothing. It's holy to God. It belongs to him. It's a sacred place. 
and the enemy's trying to defile it and dishonor God. But Lord, we know that you're greater mm -hmm. and there's no enemy and there's nothing that is too big for you. Nothing is too difficult for you. Mm -hmm. Amen. So in verse three, it says, he heals the brokenhearted. He bandages their wounds. Look at that beautiful picture. Uh, when people have something where, where they have a cut or a laceration um, or a wound, you know, and the doctor or the nurse, and they, they, they bandage that wound and they clean it and they, they tenderly care for that wound because that wound needs to be healed. This is the picture of Jesus. Jesus is our healer. He is Jehovah, um, uh, Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. And he is also our shepherd. And that picture is in Ezekiel 34. I encourage you to read Ezekiel 34 often. You know, it speaks about the good shepherds and the bad shepherds. And the bad shepherds and how they treat their people. But he said, but I am the good shepherd and I will go after my sheep that are lost. The ones who've gone astray. The ones who've got hurt and got disorientated. The ones who've got wounds. And I will bring them back. And, and that picture of him bringing them back is, is him putting them on his shoulders. Imagine, do you ever remember, uh, you know, I don't really because I was always huge, but I remember um, others in my family, you know, little brothers or sisters, whatever, and putting, having them up on your shoulders or your own children, you know, put them up on your shoulders. And the kid is absolutely delighted because they now have, uh, you know, such a perspective that they never have down here. You know, it, it, it's such a different perspective. And also, they're, you know, they're riding high on the shoulders. They're, they're feeling very, uh, you know, very happy with themselves and, and joyful. And, well, that's what God says. He, he goes and he rescues his sheep and he puts them on his shoulder. Um, so there's an elevated place of protection wrapped around his neck. That, that again, this goes back to Psalm 27. Don't seek his hand, seek his face. When a child is, is upset and, and runs to mom or dad, you know, and, and then they, they catch them and they hug them and, and they rub their face, you know, and that's such a sign of a tender relationship. And that's what God is saying here. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up and bandages their wounds. And he counts the stars and calls them all out by name. You know, NASA can't count the stars. They have estimated there are so many trillion in this galaxy alone, but that there are billions of other galaxies. Think about that. But God counts the stars. That's how, how huge he is. And he calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down to the dust. So, you know, as we humble ourselves before God, and, and I suppose that's something related to hope, is that when we're hoping in God, we're saying, God, I have no answer. I don't know what to do here. That's something I say like every day. <laughs> I don't know how many times a day. I don't have a clue what to do. <coughs> Father, I need you. Jesus, help me, Lord. Show me what to do here. Show me how to handle this. And, you know, there's a humility in that. There's a, a humbling ourselves. But you see, the wicked, he says, um, he brings them down to the dust because the wicked there, that means unbeliever. They're the ones who reject God or who will be in rebellion and say, I don't need God. I can do it myself. I am a self-made person. I sort out my own issues. 
And, you know, that's fine. And most people can sort out their own issues up to a point. But when that point is hit, you know, that's when there's, that's the point of no going back because there's no help there then. And now suddenly that's how people fall apart. That's how people have breakdowns. It's how people end up, you know, sick and dying. Because they've come to a point where they've, the things they've trusted in and the things they put their hope in now have no longer any answers. And that's the end. So in Romans 15, if you go there. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you, Jesus. His word brings hope. Um, in Romans 15... And it's verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So God wants you to overflow with hope. Not just to have a teensy tiny little bit of it somewhere in the back. Look, if all else fails, if this doesn't work out, sure God might come through. He might and he mightn't. Because again, that goes back to us being groomed in the flesh. That some things work out and some things don't. But God is faithful and he's full of unfailing love. And so he is here, the, the word of God reveals to us that God is the source of hope. He's the source of it. People go to find the source of rivers. The, the Dinoch, it starts over there, just a couple of miles over the road. The Dinoch River starts as a tiny spring and then it flows in a stream down as far as town and it becomes a big river. People know what the source of something is. God is the source of hope. Amen. Amen. So I pray that today over you and over all those listening to my voice, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him and that you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I was thinking about hope and um, what does hope need or, you know, like I said, hope to cope. Um, hope helps people to cope through, like we read there, endure through trials and, and develop and cultivate character. And character, uh, you know, brings that, that hope uh, out, out through us. And um, hope needs passion. And I think that's something that, that we overlook. We say, Lord, I love you. We say, you know, to your husband or to your wife, I love you. You say to your children, I love you. Uh, but, you know, there's a difference between love and passion. And I believe that hope needs passion. So could we look at um, second, no, oh, I never wrote it down. I think it's First Peter chapter 2. Sorry, First Peter chapter 1. Yikes. Uh, I didn't write the verse and this is my other Bible. 
living hope. Grace. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Could you read that there, Jeremy, for me? Bless um, first, well, first Peter 1 3. Mm. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, who according to his abundant mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope yes. through the resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus Christ from the dead. Mm. Yes. He has given us a living hope. So Jesus is our living hope. And this is why. It's so important. You know, the, we talk about the cross and what Jesus did for us at the cross. But the thing is, is the cross is not the whole story. The garden, the cross, and his resurrection. Because God raised Jesus from the dead as a guarantee and as a, as, as a seal, as a promise that he would do the same for you and me as we believe and trust in him. And so, you know, this is something I think is important to talk about with hope as well, is that not only um, do we have a living hope in Jesus, but that living hope causes us to know that when we lose somebody on this earth, when somebody, of our, you know, passes away and, and we're brokenhearted and we grieve them, we have that hope that we will see and meet that one again. And so many people, I really encourage you to watch um, Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. He actually has a channel um, on YouTube called ISN, It's Supernatural Network. And it's like repeating old programs from years and years ago, uh, you know, back 2002, 2003 even. And the thing is, ordinary people, regular people like you and me, who've had many of them near-death experiences and so many of them who met with family members. One of them I remember was um, John Mark Poole and uh, he was like a, a man that, oh, this was back in his year, I think it might have been 2005 or six, something like that he was on with him and um, he had some kind of a procedure that where, you know, he he um, went on the table and during that he, his spirit left his body. He actually saw his body on the table and he saw the doctors all around him and working on him and he didn't feel any fear, no pain, nothing. And he said he was like brought up, um, up to heaven and he knew it was heaven because it was, he said it was indescribable the beauty, the colour, everything. And he said, as he was walking along or coming along, this man came towards him and he said he knew instantly who he was. But he said he was a man. And he said, hello, hello, Mark. And he said, you're, I can't remember now what the boy's name was. Let's just say it was Paddy. <coughs> you're Paddy. And he said, yeah, I am. I'm the brother you lost. And this, John Mark's brother had um, drowned or something like that when he was like five years old and he was the one who met him and he said to him he, like he said I have so many things to, to tell you but it's not your time he said you have to go back and he said I don't want to go back mm -hmm. and you know a, a lot of people have said that as well that they've been given a choice and you know uh, about going back but anyway he was brought back into his body but he was able to relate you know, to his mother and his father, like who had lost that that child all those years ago, 
that he was there waiting for them. Another little boy called Colton, I don't know whether you've seen that, he wrote, his father and mother wrote a book years ago, Heaven is Real. He was a little boy and I don't know what happened to him, but he somehow had a, I think it might have been a crash, um, and he had um, a near-death experience as well. And he said uh, when he woke up, he was speaking to his mother and father about um, he having met um, granddad or whatever and he said and I met my sister and they said and, and yeah she yeah I have a sister and she has um, brown hair and whatever he said anyway and um, anyway it transpired that his mom had had a miscarriage before he was born and they said well what's her name and he said she doesn't have a name because you, you didn't name her yet but she's waiting till you get there and so like you know the thing is is we have a living hope and that's what's carried people through very difficult situations you look at people who've endured for years and years or different things that have gone on in life and you say how how what is it that's keeping them going because others fall at the at the at the first post or others fall along the way but the thing is, is what keeps us going is that we have a living hope. And that's what God did for us, is that we have a great expectation. That's what it says in this version. We live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. And that inheritance is, is that God's word is true. And, you know, for anybody who, who's feeling down or, or whatever, I, I really recommend watching those kind of programs you know, filling your mind with those things, listening to those podcasts or testimonies. Sid Roth has, has a radio station as well called Messianic Radio, and you can go back years and years and, and listen. And as you listen to those things, what happens is, is your faith is built up. And, uh, you know, and that's what's the difference, is that that endurance helps us to keep going. Amen? And so... Um, that's the passion. And, and so passion, I believe passion is, is being invested in something. And passion will cultivate and protect and strengthen hope and bring it to fruition. You see, you'll have people then who'll come along and say, well, what are you believing that for? Sure, like nothing is working out. That's, that's a completely pointless thing you're doing. And that's how the enemy works, is he works through other people and through their voices. He works through proclamations that they will make. That's never going to work. Oh, you know, I'm sorry to tell you, there is no hope for you. Uh, you know, being given deadly diagnosis. Well, the thing is, is that we have a choice to make then. Whose report do we believe? Amen? Amen. And so hope does not disappoint. Um, praise God. So, and just to finish, um, I think, in Jeremiah chapter 29, and this relates to our song. That song was by a crowd called King's Porch, and it's called Faithful Still. And that's the truth. God is faithful. He's with you. He's for you. And the enemy is a liar and he's a thief and he brings destruction. But Jesus came that we would live our lives and enjoy our lives. And it's not a sin to enjoy your life. Amen. You know, Amen. Um, that's, that's something that we really need to get out of our heads is that you need to be perfect poly, you know, in order to please God. You need to, to you know, not not enjoy your life, not, not spend any money, not look after yourself, not, you know, whatever. God wants you to enjoy your life. He's Amen. put everything here for us richly to enjoy. Amen. Praise God. 
Okay. In um, Jeremiah 29, this was a letter that God had Jeremiah pen to those who had been taken captive into Babylon. Okay, uh, Israel had sinned, their, their nation had been conquered uh, by Nebuchadnezzar, and, and, you know, they took the best of their people, and they took them into this, uh, to that other land, and you can read more about it in Daniel. And Jeremiah was the prophet who had been warning them, warning them, warning them, repent, get right with God, you know, stop what you're doing. They, they did everything they could to kill Jeremiah. That's why he was called the weeping prophet, uh, you know, but he wept for the people because he's, he was speaking the word of God to them, but they didn't want to listen. But anyway, in, in this letter, he, he wrote to them, and this is what, what the Lord had him say to them in verse 11, you know, that no matter what the circumstances you're in right now are, they may be difficult, but listen, enjoy your life while you're there. He's told them, build homes, make the best of the land. You will prosper there because I'm still with you. And here he says to them, for I know the plans in verse 11. I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You notice there, it doesn't say to give you, uh, you know, something in the future and to give you some hope. It's a future and a hope. And and that's what the difference is, is that we need to read the word of God um, according to the way the Lord has spoken this. And just to let you see there, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Well, that, those two words, thoughts and think, are from the same root word. And uh, the thoughts are the intentions, the plans, the devised imaginations, the inventions. You know that God has witty ideas and inventions that he wants to unfold for you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You know, um, Daniel spoke it and, and also Paul said it. You know, that the Holy Spirit reveals the secret things to us as we press in to to seek God's face and to, to that place of intimacy, to that place of knowing that we're right with God, you walk in a very different fashion then. Your posture is very different. You're not like, oh, I'm so beat down and fed up and nothing's working out. You walk and say, I don't care what the circumstances look like because my God is bigger and my God is greater. We used to sing that song in the children's room. We even had actions for it. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are his, the valleys are his, the stars are his handiwork too. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do for you. There's nothing my God cannot do. Amen. Amen. You know, maybe it's time to start singing some children's songs because, <laughs> you know, we're to have childlike faith Amen. and to trust in God. With Amen. Jesus said, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you must become like one of these. And children believe the adults they love. They believe what they're told. They trust they don't fear because, you know, again, like I said earlier, with that child up in, on, on his or her dad's arms, you know, up on the shoulder, there's no fear up there because dad is bigger and stronger. And that's how we need to understand God is. 
And that's where our hope is cultivated, even to bring us through difficult, difficult ex experiences and situations. So those imaginations and plans that God has, those, those plans he has devised for us, he, in fact, the, the root word of that word, thoughts and think, actually means plan, devise, invent, mindful of, what God's mindful of for you. You know, he knows what I like and he knows what Mary likes is something different. And he's very mindful of the plans he has. And, and, and he, he, you know, fashions things to, to bring forth the, the, the things that we love. And uh, another meaning of that word, think and thought, it's, it's the word, it's the Hebrew word, um, kashab, I hope I pronounced that right. But it means to plait, you know, to plait someone's hair. When you plait that, that girl's hair, it's, it's like weaving the hair together to make this beautiful, um, this beautiful hairstyle. And so that's what it means to plait or to impenetrate. Oil impenetrates machines and the machines all run so much smoother. Isn't that right? Um, to weave something. When you weave uh, fabric together, it, it can be all different colors and suddenly you, you come out with this amazing masterpiece of a blanket. And so that's what God's saying there about the thoughts that he thinks. They're like, he wants to plait them into your life, to weave them and to bring them about in such a way. So, um, says the Lord. And that word says the Lord, that Hebrew word means a declaration it means a revelation of a prophet in an ecstatic state. So it's not like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 says the Lord. It's like, this is what I'm going to do for you. And I, the Lord, have spoken it. It's like with ecstatic power, a declaration to prophesy it over you. That makes it a very different thing than, yeah, she said that, yeah. No, God said it. He proclaimed it. And it's true. And so um, thoughts of, he says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, proclaims, declares the Lord. The Lord there is, is Jehovah, the existing one. Thoughts of peace. That word peace, it means shalom. And, you know, people, I see it often, people name their house shalom. Uh, the word shalom means completeness, soundness. You think of an orange that's complete and sound. Then someone slices it into quarters and it's not sound anymore. Well, what God's talking about is the complete and sound place he has for you. Uh, shalom also means welfare. Your welfare. The good of your life. He wants to bring help to you in whatever area you need it. Uh, it means peace. Shalom means peace. <clears throat> It means safety in body, health. Shalom means health. It means that your body is completely safe. It means prosperity. Prosperity in every area. Prosperity in your relationships. Prosperity in your finances. Prosperity in your home, in your, in your family, in your work. Um, shalom also means quiet. And it means tranquility, don't we? That's, these are the things that people are searching for. You have, you have celebrities. It was a program on there one night about this kind of uh, health hotel sort of thing. And one celebrity would book it out 
for themselves. It was like 90 grand a week or for three days or something. And they'd go there and they'd have like all of these rejuvenating um, thingies, you know, um, regimes and, and all different kind of health things. And like when you think about it, this is what people are looking for. They're looking for shalom. They're looking for the Jehovah shalom. He is the Lord, our peace. Amen. And it's so simple to find him. And man has made it so complicated. That's what religion does. Oh, you know, there's this and ritual and that ritual. And, you, you know, that's all man's crap. That's nothing to do with who God is. He wants to bring tranquility and peace, contentment contentment something people don't have they want more want something different i don't want that husband i want a different one i don't want that wife you know she's 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 got too old now and she's changed i want someone new and fresh <laughs> And the women said, no, I couldn't be bothered trying to train another one. <laughs> Took me 30 years to train this one, no. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, no, uh, shalom, it means friendship. It means of human relationship. So, you know, to have, to have this peace and tranquility, not just with yourself, but with others, shalom. It means uh, with God... In relation to God, it means especially in a covenant relationship. And you see, God is a covenant-keeping God. Praise the Lord. He never breaks his covenant. That's why we can have hope that, that doesn't disappoint. That hope keeps us steady. Hope is an anchor for the soul, it says in Hebrews 6. So that's what the word peace there means. He has thoughts of peace towards you and not of evil, not of distress, not of misery, and not unkind or vicious or, or injurious kind of thoughts he has. He has thoughts of peace for you. To give you, to show you, that word give there means to bestow on you or to be issued with or to designate, to assign, to give you an expected end. And that word expected end there, that's a hope and a future. The, the word expected is tikva in Hebrew, and it means a cord. So, you know, a cord, a rope to hang on to, a hope. That's what hope is. It's a rope you can hang on to. Um, an expectation, a thing you've longed for, and a good outcome, and uh, a future and a posterity that will last Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, people, some people who, who say, oh, God doesn't exist, that's a myth, it's all stories. And they'll say, you know, when you're gone, that's it. You're in the ground and that's it. You know, what an outlook on life. Those people have no hope. And so, just to finish, actually, finish, finish. Let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it's really hot. If you want to turn off, the, if you find it hot, I don't know whether you do or not, but maybe that's, I, you know, I always know when when the Spirit of God is, uh, I feel, and I usually don't, but cause I'm always cold, but I can feel the heat on this. And I can tell you there was such, uh, even the last few days, there was such a, a pressure um, on me. <laughs> I didn't think I'd come today, actually. Anyway, um, 
Praise the Lord. I think that the Lord really wants to imprint this on your heart to know that, that you can hope in him and he won't let you down. He won't fail you. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 4.13, it's right after um, Colossians and before Timothy, I think, isn't it? So 1 Thessalonians 4.13, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, you see, understanding the resurrection of Jesus Christ is key to cultivating hope. It's key uh, to, to living a life that you can enjoy. Because you can enjoy your life knowing that God's word is true and that Jesus is alive and that everything that God has prophesied has come to pass and will come to pass and that he has you as well. And, and that's how you can enjoy your life, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. So we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again. We also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. And that's the hope you can have. You know, the Lord has spoken a word to us, a promise that we and our households shall be saved. Amen. People sometimes wonder and they say, well, I don't know, you know were they saved or where are they or what's the story and that that also creates confusion and lack of hope because again it comes back to chance and God wants you to be assured that he has promised that you and your household shall be saved no matter what way they're living <laughs> you know and for many of them it can be when they close their eyes, you know, that as they close their eyes, that, that it's then they cry out to the Lord Jesus. But God is faithful. Amen. And, you know, that's something that I remember when I watched that guy all those years ago. I was, I was a very young believer then, but it really had an impact on me because, you know, that's something that so many people worry and stress about. Where, where is my loved one gone? Where are they? And like that, that, that boy, you know, he saw his brother, who was now grown to be a man, who had, you know, who had passed when he was a child through a, an accident. This, you know, the enemy just got in and, 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 and whipped him. But the thing is, is that God had a greater plan for this guy. And, um, you know, that, that other brother is waiting there for, for that family when they go home. But um, we will tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died, who sleep in the Lord. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. That's the shofar. And that's why we play the shofar. You know, people probably look and sometimes think, you know, what, what's this then in the middle of it? Like that's bananarama. But the thing about it is, is the shofar is the sound that will bring Jesus back for in the rapture for his for his church mm -hmm. and the church is going to be raptured away and so you know you've lots of christians that are promoting and 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 speaking about the end times and oh there's going to be suffering and you're all going to have to you know have go through this trouble and whatever listen God always rescued his people. He always made a way out for his people. He made a way out and rescued Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man. It doesn't say anything about his sons and his, his, his daughters-in-law or his wife. 
It says that Noah was a righteous man and Noah's family were saved and delivered out of that flood. He was the only righteous man on the earth at the time, it said. Lot was the only one who was any way righteous inside in Sodom, but he and his household were brought out of there. You know, and Jesus said, people are wondering, his disciples asked him, what's it going to be like in the last days before you come back? And he said, it will be just as it was in the days of Noah. It will be just as it was in the days of Lot. But he said, remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife looked back. She longed for what she had there, or maybe she was immersed in that culture. But either way, God was bringing her out as, a, as a, his faithfulness to his promise to Lot. His faithfulness to his promise to Abraham. That's such a beautiful interaction. It's in Genesis, I think, like 18, uh, where, where the Lord came and, and he visited Abraham. And Abraham said, will you stay for a while and let me make you some food? And like Abraham knew there was something up because he saw the Lord looking over at Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord had questioned in his heart and he said, will I tell my friend Abraham what I'm about to do? And so he told him and Abraham said, but what if there's 50 righteous people there? Will you still destroy it? And God said, no, I won't destroy it. Okay, let me ask you this. If there's only 40, if there's only 30, if there's only 20. And finally, one more thing I can, can I ask you, God? If you only find 10 people there, will you destroy Sodom? And he said, no, I promise you, I won't destroy it if I find 10 people. The angels went in. They didn't find 10 people. They found one person, Lot. So they brought him and his family out and Sodom was destroyed. Amen. Same with Noah. Uh, I'll tell you this. Why didn't Noah do any fishing on the ark? Because <laughs> he had only two worms. <laughs> he had only a couple of worms. No, but um, that's the truth. So God is faithful. You and your household shall be saved. And that's what he's, what Paul is writing here to the Thessalonians. Listen, you are not to be grieving like those who grieve without any hope, wondering where is, you know, where is my nana gone or where is, where is my dad or my mom? Where are they? They're with the Lord and God is faithful. Praise God. Amen. And so we're not to live like those who have no hope. And finally, in Hebrews chapter 6, I know I said finally three times, but anyway, finally, finally, finally. Hebrews chapter 6. You're all so quiet today. It's so quiet. <laughs> it's um, verse 19. I've lost three pairs of glasses. I don't know where they are, so I can hardly... <laughs> yeah, it is 19, isn't it? Or is that 18? Anyway, um, this hope... Well, it says there in uh, 18. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable or immutable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. You see, our hope gives us confidence. I don't care what the circumstances are like. I'm trusting God and God will come true. He always, you know, honors his word. He does not lie. He's not a man that he should lie. So we really have to reject that 
that hopelessness and disappointment that has come when people have let us down or when people haven't had the answers. And we need to, you know, get out of that camp and make sure that our lives are strictly focused on the fact that God does not lie and that his word is true and that I can be confident in my hope. Okay? And he says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Think about that beautiful picture. It's like here your soul is your mind, your emotions. So when people are going through difficult circumstances, the emotions are up and they're down and they're down below down, you know, and, and they're broken and they're fighting and all kinds of things. But our hope can keep us stable and fixed like an anchor, a tiny little anchor can keep a giant ship out in the ocean stuck and, and steady in one place. That's what hope does for us. Amen. And that hope we have is the living hope that Jesus Christ is alive, that he's raised from the dead by God because God our Father is a faithful God. Amen. He is faithful and his word is true. Amen? Amen. Amen. So praise God. Thank you for your patience. We're going to break bread. So if you've got a, a drink and a, a biscuit or a bit of bread or something, um, I have a hope, I have a future, I'm a child of the mountain mover. I have a hope, I have a future, I'm a child of the mountain mover. Yes, Lord, we thank you that you are the one who moves the mountains. And you know, I just read it during the week. The mountains melt like wax in his presence. In the presence of God, those things that are mountains in our lives, those things that seem like they're never going to change, uh, there's no hope or whatever, the mountains melt like wax in the presence of God. Amen. And guess what? You are a vessel of the presence of God. You're like, you know, um, at the dinner table at Christmas, you have the gravy jug and the gravy boat, and inside in it is the gravy. Well, you're like that gravy boat, and the gravy that's inside of you is the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, that presence of God goes everywhere you go. But the more you foster that relationship with him, the stronger he becomes. Amen. And that's how the mountains melt like wax in his presence. Amen. His presence is inside of you. And that's the hope you have. You know, and we said this, I'm not sure what night that was. Was it Thursday night or Saturday night on our Zoom? But it's not a small Jesus that's inside of you. You know, people wear crucifixes around their neck and then, and they have the the this sort of body of Jesus on the cross. There's nothing wrong with wearing a cross, but the, the, the crucifix, Jesus is not there anymore. He's not there on the cross. Jesus is alive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes people have taken that picture of him and the cross and, and put it into their minds that it's just a small Jesus. He's not small. God is greater. You know, he is... There's no one like him. He's bigger than any situation. He's bigger than any mountain. And so as we break bread today, let's take the bread. We say this together. Father, Father in, the in the name of Jesus, your son, your son I, take I take this bread in remembrance, in remembrance of, Jesus, of Jesus, 
His body, His body was, broken. was broken. His mind, His mind was, tormented. was tormented. He was rejected. He was, rejected. He was, despised. He was despised. They spat at him. <coughs> they pulled out his beard. Out his, beard. His, body was his body was mutilated from the whipping, from the whipping. And, the and the beatings. And he allowed all that. So that my body, so that my mind could be healed. Could be healed and made whole. And made whole. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, you are Jehovah Shalom. You are Jehovah Shalom. The Lord, my peace. The Lord, my peace. And you want me full. And you want me full. Full with the fullness, full with the fullness of, Christ, of Christ, of who you are. Who you are. Complete, complete and sound, and sound with, nothing with nothing missing. I eat this bread today, I this bread today and I eat healing, restoration, wholeness and peace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I encourage you to break bread at home. You know, if you're facing a situation, if you're going through a bad day, Take two minutes away, even if you have to go to the toilet at work. Take in a little drink and a little bit of chocolate or something or a piece of biscuit. And just take that time to meditate on what Jesus did and that he is living inside of you and that he's not a little Jesus. He's not a little God. We, re we read it there earlier in Psalm 147. He calls out all the stars by name. You can read it in Isaiah 40 um, as well, verse 28 to 31. God is not small, and he's not smaller than your problem. But maybe your viewpoint of him has been. And so you need to shift that and change it. Wash out that old trash and fill yourself up with what his word actually says. Amen. So we take the cup. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you took my sins, took my sins and you made me right with you God. Right you reconciled me. You, reconciled you washed me. You washed me. And you wiped out, and you wiped out all the accusations. All the accusations. That Satan, that Satan, the accuser, the accuser could, level at me. could level at me. And therefore, and therefore by, the blood of the lamb, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, of my testimony I, have overcome him. I have overcome him. And Lord Jesus, and Lord Jesus I declare. I declare that I have a hope and I have a future because I'm a child of the mountain mover. I will see all of my loved ones who've passed away. I will see them again one day. Your promise is true that me and my household shall be saved. I will see those difficult situations turned around. I will see, I will see the, goodness the goodness of God in the land of the living. The land of the living. I, will I will receive your love, your love and, grow and grow in hope, in hope and, character, and character, just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, we take this cup today and we proclaim your death and your resurrection until you come again. Amen. Amen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, 
but the Lord delivers them out of them all. That's in Psalm 34, isn't it? Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. I pray for God's hand of deliverance upon you and your families this week. I pray for God's hand of deliverance upon all of those in our households, our extended families, all of our church family and all of their families in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And so next Saturday, Saturday the 2nd of December 2023, I'm just saying that for the podcast. Um, we will we'll have our day of prayer for our children. Doesn't matter if your children are three years of age or 73. Listen, the thing is, we're going to gather together with um, our friends and, and other believers um, from Cork and, and different places. And we're going to pray for our children, pray for the children of this nation, pray for the children of this world, because it's a hard time to be growing up. It's a hard time to be a child, to, to have to endure the, the stuff and the crap that they're, being, that they're being assaulted with in their minds off of phones and tablets and television and in schools even now, you know, the things they're being taught. And, you know, even things that they've dealt with generationally. And I believe that many adults who will come here next Saturday will actually receive healing and deliverance themselves. Because, you know, we were once children. And I think that all of us basically are just children who are wearing bigger shoes and bigger clothes now. Because, you know, the thing is, is that uh, we, we're, we're just... On a journey, every one of us, and um, I really encourage you, if you can get here, to come, because it's going to be a blessed day. But if you are coming, you need to let me know, please. I have to, I have to, um, have to uh, get the numbers right, so praise the Lord.